You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Well, hello. Welcome to the Extra Point. I am Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor here, and I am with our lead pastor, Scott Beha. In this week's episode, we're going to dive deeper into your teaching from Sunday, Scott, in our series Out of Bounds. You shared this past week from a text where Jesus is kind of just letting the Pharisees have it. He's really laying into them, calling them out for being hypocrites. And the advice that he gives to help correct this behavior that you shared with us was really awesome. You said, you know, that religious people have a bad habit of being focused on the wrong thing or better said, neglecting very important things. Do you care to share a little bit more about this idea and how we can see this happen in our lives as well? Yeah, and I think I even on some level misspoke because I actually don't think it's even just a religious um, Mm -hmm. person issue. I think it's like a people issue in general that whatever, like I think we're just hardwired to, to try to find loopholes and try to find the easy way out of Mm -hmm. things but while still not wanting to feel bad or feel any tension and so that's that's kind of what this is all focused on so yeah the religious leaders of the first century were really bad at this because they i mean they would fool themselves into thinking that everything was right between them and god because of some some level of adherence to the law while neglecting large swaths of it. And to them, it didn't matter because they were being faithful in certain areas. And in fact, they even felt justified in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've been going back to this idea from the Good Samaritan story that we shared last week over and over. Like, we've always, like, demonized the two temple workers that walked by on the other side of the road. And on one level, we probably should. Like, it's a very uncaring, unloving thing to do. But... They honestly just thought they were being obedient to their religion. Mm-hmm. They thought actually that by neglecting that guy on the side of the road that they were pleasing to God, which is mm-hmm. such a diabolical trick of our spiritual enemy to get us to do wrong and yet mm-hmm. f- not feel as if we've done anything wrong whatsoever. And so I will probably change my statement that i made sunday it's not just a religious issue this is just like a people issue Mm -hmm. if there's a shortcut to be found we'll probably find it if there's a way Mm -hmm. around it then let's try to you know whatever we have to do to not feel uncomfortable but also the easiest route possible i think is always the human way um for some reason and so yeah they we just we have a tendency to get focused on the wrong thing Mm -hmm. and we don't mind being focused on the wrong thing as long as we're focused on enough of other things that make us feel good. Right. Yeah. Love that. I totally agree. Um, so how can we try to safeguard ourselves from becoming like this, like the Pharisees even, who, you know, you said that they were they were all for show, all about like appearance and, and that kind of thing. So how can we safeguard ourselves to um, help us to focus on the right things? Well, I think the um, the the big thing here is that the Pharisees 
they it wasn't that they were wrong in the adherence to what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That's not where the issue actually was. We safeguard ourselves by doing what the Pharisees neglected to do, which is to be humble about their present situation. Mm-hmm. So what the Pharisees were doing was they were adhering to portions of the law and neglecting large parts of it, which is the same thing that all religious people do and all other people, to be honest. On some level, mm-hmm. we all do this. <clears throat> but for the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the first century, they then, because of the small bit of obedience, felt as if they were more righteous than they were. So they had an inflated view of themselves, and that pride and arrogance led to them, as Jesus was talking about in Matthew 23, when what we were reading this past week, they would put these loads on other people that they themselves couldn't even carry. Mm-hmm. And so the issue is not this like hypocrisy that is present within all of us because honestly i mean we literally i was just listening to a matt chandler uh uh snippet from a sermon earlier and he was like literally like in inherent in what we believe is a standard that we know we can't achieve Mm -hmm. like we just know it and Mm -hmm. so like the problem though is for the pharisees they thought they they were trying to hold people to a standard they weren't willing to do Mm -hmm. so the way that we safeguard against it is humility and go i know i'm a hypocrite Mm-hmm. I know that, like, I'm trying to do one thing and often I'll do the other. Right. Or, I me- or I make myself feel better about my neglect of other areas based on the things that I am getting mm-hmm. right. And we have to know that about ourselves because then that helps us to be gracious and loving towards other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the Pharisees were failing. It, it was kind of like the story I told on Sunday of the guy in the, the camping gear store. Oh, you need this, you need this, you need this. You know, and he packed that guy's bag really heavy. He goes, well, how do you carry this? He goes, I wouldn't carry that. I go to the beach. Like, (laughs) he's not even willing to do what it is he's sitting here telling Mm -hmm. this other guy to do. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's uh, us as Christians. We need to go, okay, we know that there's a standard. And we believe the standard Mm -hmm. is the best way to live. But we know that we fall woefully short of it. But we don't accept that. We don't say, okay, well, but I'm just not going to try. No, we're striving for it. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that there will be times that we come up short. And then because we know that we're going to need a lot of grace in life because we're going to fall short from time to time, we have to have grace for other people. We, yeah. we don't try to, you know, one of the things Jesus says in Matthew 23 is that these uh, religious leaders would go out and they, he says you would cross all over the place to try to find one convert and then you turn them into a child of hell like mm-hmm. yourselves. And like what the church has to be careful to do is don't like when you go out and you be focused on evangelism, like, yes, let's make new converts, but mm-hmm. let's not like... Like the day one that they get saved, don't hand them like this list of rules and Mm -hmm. regulations. And all right, well, you better figure it out. Get, you know, just like weigh them down. No, like that, that was, I I think honestly, that was one of my issues all the time growing up in church is that maybe they said it, maybe they didn't. Like I said, I'm trying to be more gracious um, Mm -hmm. to the people that were part of my faith story. Um, Whereas earlier on in my faith journey, I was probably arrogant and. (laughs) <laughs> um, kind of look down on the people from my past, but I'm trying to be more gracious in my view of it. So maybe they said it and I misunderstood it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they didn't say it. But either way, I wish somebody had set me down at some point in my childhood or adolescence, teenage years, and said, Scott, we're n- we've never been talking about perfection. Mm-hmm. We've never been talking about perfection and that you're not going to mess up. Because all I ever saw was people that looked like they never messed up. They would never, mm-hmm. ever admit that they messed up, mm-hmm. especially not a pastor. Pastors oh, yeah. would never admit 
that they had ever sinned or ever stepped out of out of line or anything like that. And so I just felt like there was a standard that I knew I couldn't reach, and so I, I stopped reaching for it because I just thought, well, maybe this is only for certain people, and it's definitely not for people like me. Mm-hmm. So I wish somewhere along the way someone had sat me down and said, that's where grace comes in. Because they would talk about grace, mm-hmm. but like in the way that I saw Christianity growing up, I was like, you don't really need grace because you guys are all perfect. Right. Um, I need grace like crazy, but I, I, di- I didn't see how the two were compatible. Mm-hmm. So I think we safeguard, our, safeguard ourselves against becoming you know, the modern day religious leaders. Um, by humility and understanding I'm going to need a lot of grace to make it through life, and so I have to be willing to give a lot of grace to others as well. Yeah. So what are some things, like when we do perhaps, you know, help lead somebody to Christ, we evangelize, we're sharing with them, and they come to faith, or we know that they're a new believer, what are some practical things that we can do with them to help them, you know, know that there is kind of a standard that they should eventually like try to get to, but at the same time, not make it seem like just this legalistic view of religion at that point. I think what we need to do in the church with new believers and new converts is help them fall in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not folk like, but that makes, that makes church people and Christians very nervous. Cause they're like, well, well, who's going to deal with them about, you know, the fact that they're living with someone that they're not married to? And who's going to talk to them about that drinking issue? And who's going to talk to them about cigarettes and tattoos? And all, yada, yada. <laughs> like it makes church people all nervous inside. But I think if we would focus on helping them fall in love with Jesus mm-hmm. and what it like help them focus on what it means to stay in step with the spirit and to live according to the spirit. And we allow God to be God. Mm-hmm. Then I think. What they do is they end up, um, a lot of those issues take care of themselves mm-hmm. as they fall in love with Jesus and they see this um, beautiful standard that he sets mm-hmm. and this beautiful life that he lives. And they they see it um, through their, their spiritual disciplines and reading scriptures and things like that rather than it being some like, okay, now you're saved. Now, you know, like we, we turn into Pharisees and religious leaders at the moment someone gets saved. Okay, well, now you better do this. It was like, wait a second. All of salvation was about what's been done for me. And the minute I get saved, you're, you're telling me now it's mm-hmm. all up to me. Yeah. That's not the message of Christianity. Right. That's not at all. It is that we are saved by grace and then we live from grace. Mm-hmm. We need the grace of God every day in our life. Mm-hmm. It just makes church folks uncomfortable. I remember I preached a sermon one time that was em- emphasizing how we need to allow the Holy Spirit to be the one to convict and to transform lives and mm-hmm. how we need to lead people to freedom in Christ. And I remember there was like an outcry from church members like, but but what about this? Who's going to tell them about this? Who's going to tell them about this? Mm-hmm. Who's going to tell them about this? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that the Holy Spirit can take care of that. Yeah. And then I'm also confident that as that person is discipled, the Holy Spirit will put people in their lives who in a relational manner can help point out mm-hmm. some things that they need to see. Yeah. But it doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen on day one. It doesn't, hey, you're converted now. It's all about what you do. Now it's all about you better figure it out or else you're out. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and that's some of our tribe right there. That's the, yeah. 
that's the Wesleyan holiness mm-hmm. tribe. Um, and they are so committed to holiness, and I love it because I'm committed to holiness as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also need to be committed to grace and the process by which Jesus um, transforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's it's just that's how I, that's how I am learning to treat new converts is not. Oh my gosh, we got to get all this. We got to get all this out of them. Got to get all this out of them. Right. Better talk to them about this, 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 and this. And like, let God do that, and then yeah. let God set up some relationships in their lives that can help disciple that stuff out of them. Because discipleship always works best in the context of relationships. Yes, we don't just walk up to strangers and tar- start telling them what they're doing wrong, and then actually <laughs> expect them to to ch- to change. Right. And so I, I do think that's and but now I want to be very. Um, fair to the religious leaders in the first century they were very zealous in in, in seeking converts mm-hmm. um which i think is a, a very good thing because i think sometimes we get a, a picture of these guys that like they were the horrible nasty most no they were actually probably like the most moral people in town in right. some in some ways because they were trying to follow all these laws and yeah. like uh, like they wanted to convert people to um you know their way of life and whatnot so there was actually some redeeming qualities about mm-hmm. these these guys that sometimes get kind of demonized uh, and you know by me sometimes when i'm preaching because you know religious people kind of rub me the wrong way <laughs> um but there was some redeeming qualities and you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you see that they were zealous for um evangelism mm-hmm. um but they just they didn't do a good job with discipleship and the church needs to do both we need to be zealous in evangelism but we also mm-hmm. need to be faithful in discipleship and realizing that the holy spirit is right. the leader of discipleship, not me. Yeah. I, I it's not I can't force the process. I have to leave it to the spirit and let the spirit guide it. Yeah. And I love how you were talking about that it's that continual relationship because that's the thing that I think we also get wrong sometimes is that like, you know, we're there in the beginning and then we just drop off and, and you can also be in that aspect where you think, Oh, the Holy Spirit should do it, but I'm just not gonna help in any way. I'm not gonna be there for them to answer questions, to help them along in this journey, to whatever it kind of it's that combination of things and so you know the whole sermon you talked about how the you know it was really pointing to the pharisees and us today how we can be focused on the wrong things and how you talked about how there's this trick um from satan like that he does in our lives to get you to focus on one area or to neglect another vitally important area And Jesus kind of gave us the way to combat this in Mark 12. But you really have reminded us that it's not an either or thing. It's a both and thing. So share with us a little bit more from that and how that looks in our lives. Yeah, it's every church's favorite mission statement. Love God and love people. It comes from Mark 12 and the other areas where Jesus talks about the most important things is to love God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. And we whittle that down and go, okay, the whole thrust of the kingdom of God what it means to live in relationship with Jesus is to love God with everything I have and to love people with everything that I have. But most people, um, you know, and this is probably just in our human nature, we just lean one way or the other. We just mm-hmm. lean really strong to one side to the neglect of the other. And the trick of, of the Satan is that in that area of neglect, we don't we don't feel a need to try to, to change that because there's enough area of obedience to make us feel good about ourselves Mm -hmm. and like 
we like shift in and out of these two things constantly. And like when Jesus mm-hmm. was talking in Matthew 23 to the religious leaders, he says like, you're very intentional about tithing even the smallest amount from like one of your herbs. Mm-hmm. And yet like, like, so back to the story of the good Samaritan, the two guys that walked by on the other side of the road, I, I guarantee they never missed a tithe payment, mm-hmm. never missed a tithe mm-hmm. check ever. And yet, Felt totally fine walking by mm-hmm. the man in the ditch. Mm-hmm. That that that's what we're talking about here. Like, because for a lot of people, they come to church on Sunday morning, they write a check because it's easier than actually being a decent person the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Because they're 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 just hoping that adherence to a little bit of religious ritual will somehow wipe off the stink that they've created the rest mm-hmm. of the week. And 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 it's partly because the world believes a false gospel of works, like oh, I'm just going to be a good person or whatnot, mm-hmm. and think that. No, the the truth is we think that writing a check is easier than being a person of compassion. Mm-hmm. And so mo- like, so we'll write the check and then we don't care to go and just act a fool out in the community. And trust me, if you feel like I'm like being hard on you, I'm talking to myself, man. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I can't tell you the amount of times I've gone to church, <laughs> preached two sermons, and then by two hours later in a different scenario, like being ready to just kill somebody, you know, like just ready to <laughs> let somebody have it. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, here's the, and I, I don't put myself up on a pedal still on this. This goes back to our earlier question of how we safeguard against us. I never feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I never feel good about the areas that I fail in. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know that I'm still in process with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I can give myself grace because I, I do feel um, guilt whenever I have done wrong. It, it draws me to go, okay, what is it that's going on? What needs my attention? What do I need to bring before the Lord and ask for his help? But what I'm afraid of is that most people go in and out of this adherence to one, neglect to the other, and they don't ever feel bad about it. Right. Because they feel okay about their areas of obedience. They don't care about their areas of disobedience. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that troubles me. Because that right there, it's not enough to just say I'm obedient one area and disobedient another. It has to draw you towards discipleship um, to want to try to focus on these areas of lack in our life, these areas where we don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. But I'm afraid most people just go, well, I've checked enough boxes. Like somewhere along the line, we got the idea that if I can pile up more good than bad, then I'm going to be okay. Right. This is not the way that God operates. Mm Mm-hmm at all like it's not like there's no canceling out principle where um you know i went out and got wasted last night but i came to church this morning pat me on the back (laughs) totally like okay you want to go get wasted that night (laughs) your night before and come to church do it but just don't think that the two of them cancel each other out like there's it's not a give or take um yeah they treat it like balancing the scales yeah i've got a sermon series that i uh, one day i'm gonna do whenever i have the guts to do it and (laughs) the time to do it but it's all bad theology and country music have you ever noticed that like country music loves (laughs) to talk about god Mm -hmm. and um it's (laughs) i very rarely hear good theology though in country music sometimes you don't hear good theology in uh, ccm music like contemporary christian music but that's we'll talk about that (laughs) A different. That's hey, a pastor's potluck. Kenny podcast Chesney. <laughs> Kenny Chesney has a song like that says everybody wants to go to heaven, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to go today. 
and there's a verse in it and he's it, where he's talking about it's like him singing to the preacher. He says, hey, preacher, I put a extra 20 in the plate mm-hmm. to cover what I did last night and another yeah. 10 to get me through the day. And yeah. it's, you know, I'm sure it's because it rhymes and it worked with the song or whatever, but I'm like, that. no, that is the way that a lot, a of, lot people of people view mm-hmm. religion and spirituality is that, like, I can do one thing and it covers up what I did here. I do one thing and it covers up what I did here. Mm-hmm. This is not the way that God operates. And we should not feel good about our disobedience just because of our obedience in another area. We, sh- we, we honestly, even the things that we do right, like the, the Old Testament makes it very clear, our righteousness, the amount of good that we can muster up all on our own um, is but filthy rags. And that's like a really filthy, filthy connotation mm-hmm. and word in the original like Hebrew yeah. language. It's not, you know, it's yeah. just... And they're going, that's what it is. So mm-hmm. so we feel good about the good that we're doing, but it like uh, against the perfect standard of Jesus, even the good that we do just isn't really mm-hmm. like nothing to hang our hat on. Right. But like we let the good that we do think that it matters, you know, it cancels out the bad or whatnot. It's like this is not the way that it works. We have to be forgiven through our relationship with Jesus, through our faith in him. Mm-hmm. And once I'm forgiven, then I'm not hanging my hat on the good or the bad that I do. But that doesn't give me a pass to mm-hmm. not go and try. Like, I want to bring my whole life into submission mm-hmm. under under King Jesus. That's what I want more than mm-hmm. anything. And so I can't, like, say, okay, I went out and got wasted last night, but at least I went to church this morning. Okay, what Jesus, his advice to the Pharisees, you know, you tithe, mm-hmm. but then you neglect this. He says, do both. Okay, how about you? don't get wasted the night before and still come to church. (laughs) Or how about you listen to your Christian music in your car, but you don't flip somebody off at the minute that they honk at you. How about you read your Bible every day, but you don't have to post about it on social media. Mm -hmm. How about you go and feed the homeless that's excellent, but then don't go home and gossip about somebody at, and, and then feel good right. because you were serving people all day. Right. Again, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Okay? <laughs> like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me all the time. Like, Scott, no, why don't you quit getting mad at stupid stuff and then feeling okay about it because of the level of, you know, good that you're trying to do in your life? Mm-hmm. No. Why don't you be heartbroken about the fact that you're still a gossip and that you still get angry and that you still talk about people and you still like be like that, that for me. And it's not, it's not like I'm trying to make myself miserable, like trying to always be like beating myself down. I just, I know that when the, with obedience to Christ comes freedom. Uh And so I know these areas where I'm failing, I'm not trying to fix them because Jesus is sitting there wagging his finger in my face saying like, oh, I don't Uh love you if you get this wrong. No, I know that Jesus is lovingly going, if you will get away from this stuff, you Uh will feel a level of freedom in your life that you have never felt before. A freedom from the bondage and tyranny of sin that you've never Uh experienced before. Like, could you imagine living a life where you don't have to feel guilt Mm-hmm. because you're not out there doing stuff that makes you feel guilty. Right. That's that's real freedom. That's like not having to ever look over your shoulder. Like, could you imagine, um, you know, there, there are s- certain people because of what you do on your cell phones, 
that you have to hide your cell phones from your significant other or, or, or your or your spouse or your wife. You never have to do that it, right. when you live this way. Um, there, there are people that, like, if someone searched your browser history on your work computer, like, you would be mortified mm-hmm. of it. Like, living a life free from all of that. Living mm-hmm. a life of, like, the next time you see people, people snickering and talking over in a corner and never having to wonder if they're saying something bad about you because you've not given them anything bad to say about you. Right. Like, total freedom mm-hmm. is on the line. When we don't settle for the... The or, love God or love people. Like when we learn mm-hmm. to do both through the power of the Spirit, true freedom can actually be found. True freedom. I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect, but I'm saying those times of failure, if, if we could um, make those fewer and far, further between, the level of freedom and peace and joy we're going to feel in our life will all of a sudden start to look exactly like the life Jesus has been talking about in the scriptures the whole time. The mm-hmm. the one where we know very little of it because mm-hmm. we we have not yet wrestled this to the ground and said, you know what? It's not a works-based thing. I'm not trying to earn something. I've already been given it, but I know that true freedom is found in living this way. And so I'm going to wrestle to the ground every area of my life that my mm-hmm. flesh keeps winning. I'm going to wage war. With mm-hmm. everything in me that is drawing me away from that freedom in Christ until I can finally experience it. And it will be the battle of a lifetime. But when we're free, it will be so worth it. Absolutely. So good. So we're excited for next week is our final week of our series Out of Bounds. So make sure that you join us again next week for some more practical next steps for your faith journey. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.